0: Baba Kama, Daf we last started the fifth perk of Masechet Baba Kama. And the Mishnah talked about a case where a, a bull gored a cow and we found the baby next to it. We're not sure at what point was the cow killed when the baby was, it was in the stomach or out of the stomach. And then we brought up another case in the Mishnah. The second part of the Mishnah is where a cow gored a bull and then they found the baby next to the cow. And the Mishnah said that uh, the owner of the cow has to pay half damages from the cow and a quarter damages from the baby. Abaye explained it as half damages from the cow, meaning a half of what it usually has to pay, which is half. So you have to pay a quarter from the cow and a half of a quarter from the baby, which is an eighth. So it ends up being a quarter and an eighth. And the way Abbaya understands it is that the the cow and the baby belong to two different people. And with that, we're going to start Meme three lines from the bottom at the end of the line where it says Rava. Rava says, I don't like Abaya's explanation because had vehad katane. Does our Mishnah say anything about one fourth or one eighth of the damages? The Mishnah said a half and a quarter. And it means half and a quarter. Ela rather, Rabbah explains it differently. Le'olam Now, our Mishnah is talking about where the cow and the baby belong to one person. and this is what the Mishnah is trying to say. Now, again, we're talking about a short time, meaning it didn't gore three times. And the rule is, if a short time gores, you pay from the body of that short time. Meaning, you sell the animal and you use that money to uh, pay back for the bull. So let's say the bull was worth two thousand, and the the cow is also worth two thousand. So if you have the body of the cow, you sell the cow, you take a thousand, and you pay back for half damages. So the owner of the cow doesn't have to sell property; doesn't have to find cash. You could just sell the cow. So vihahi kamrina. And so Rebbe explains the Mishnah as follows. If the cow is still around, then then you pay half damages for the bull from the cow's actual body. If you don't have that cow, meaning let's say the cow jumped off a bridge, it got burnt, something happened to that cow, then you're left with the baby, and since it's a suffix, then you only pay a quarter damages from the baby. So now, the Gmach has to understand that. What's the reason? We're not sure if the baby was inside the mother when it gored or not. Let's say we know 100% sure that the cow was still pregnant when it gored. Then you pay half damages from the, uh, the baby also because it was part of the mother. And the Rabbah, the Rabbah he gives the Halacha based on his shita, the Amar Rabbah says, if a cow caused damage when it was pregnant, gobe then the one who's been damaged can extract payment even from the baby. My why? Because gufahi, because it's the, the baby was part of the mother, meaning they the same body. And on the other hand, tane if a pregnant chicken uh, caused damage you have to pay half damages, you don't extract it from the egg, because it's just like extra mint, it's not uh, really a part of the, the chicken's body, it's something totally separated from the chicken's body, and that's why there's different halachot for pregnant chicken and a pregnant cow. Ve'amal Rabbah also said, if a bull gored a pregnant cow, and then it had a miscarriage... We don't assess them separately. We don't figure out what this one's worth, what this one's worth. No, we, we assess them both together. Meaning the bull gored a pregnant cow, the bull did not gore a cow and a child. Because if you don't say this and you uh, assess them separately. You're, you're really making the damager lose out over here. He has to end up paying more than what he damaged or more than what he's obligated to pay. Rabbi <laughs> explains himself, you have the same if someone cuts off the hand of a slave uh, that belongs to his friend, we don't measure what a slave would want to get paid to have his hand cut off. Rather, we assess whatever a slave is worth with a hand and what a slave without a hand is worth if you would uh, sell them in the marketplace. So again, the idea is you're looking at it as one whole body, not as two separate things. same idea, If someone damaged his his friend's property, let's say someone went into his friend's backyard and cut off his cherry tree, we don't assess the cherry tree itself. Rather, we look at the whole uh, property. How much is the property worth with the cherry tree? How much is the property worth without the cherry tree? Whatever the price went down, the damage has to pay the difference. And Amad the Ravahab, the son of Rabbah told Ravahasheh, Now wait a second. If the halacha is that we assess them separately, we're saying that the bull gored a cow and a baby, then let the let the damager lose out. What do I care how he feels or what he's losing? If that's a halacha, that's a halacha. So the Gemara explains better. because the damager could always tell the one who's been damaged, look, para ma'abarta I damaged your pregnant cow. so I'm going to pay you a pregnant cow, meaning whatever that's worth. I'm not paying you two separate animals. And on this note, the Gemara says Peshita para, it makes sense to say that if the cow belonged to one person and the baby belonged to another person, then pitma para. When they assess this animal based on the weight, based on how fat is, how strong it is, okay, that money goes to the owner of the cow. But what would be the halakha with the volume? The cow looks bigger now. It looks nicer. And when, when you're selling a nicer looking cow, it's worth more. So what would be the halakha over there? So Rav Papa says at the end of the day, it's a pregnant cow. The cow looks big and it's all about the cow. And therefore, the money goes to the owner of the cow. Now they got to split the money. Because the baby inside the stomach is helping this cow look bigger in volume is we split the money next mishnah if a potter someone who makes pots someone selling pots left his pots and someone else's yard without permission and the owner of the yard's cow broke those pots patur, the owner of the cow and the owner of the yard He's exempt from paying. And if that cow got hurt, then the owner of the pots is liable for damages. Now, if the potter had permission to put his pots there, then then the owner of the yard is again. all goes back to, do you have permission to put your stuff here or not? Same idea. someone put his fruits... In Someone's yard without permission, and the owner of the yard's uh, animal ate the fruits. The owner of the house is exempt from paying. And if the animal got hurt, the owner of the fruits is liable for payment. And if he brought in his fruits with permission, then the owner of the yard is liable for payment. Third case, same idea. If someone brought his cow or his bull into someone's yard without permission. And let's say the owner of the house's cow or dog damaged this person's cow, the trespasser's cow, the owner of the house is exempt from paying. If the trespasser's cow gourd the cow of the yard owner, hayav, then he is obligated to pay. Now nafal leborov hiv Let's say this cow went into someone's yard. It went into his watering hole. he dirtied the entire water. Hayav, the owner of the cow is obligated to pay. He's liable for payment. Now hayav aviv obenol if the father or the son of the owner of the yard was inside the hole and the the cow fell on it killing one of them so the cow killed the person the owner of the cow is liable to pay also for the person who passed away and if he had permission to bring his cow there then the owner of the yard is liable for payment Now, Nobody is obligated to pay anything until he outright accepts upon himself to watch over the other person's things. And the Gemara starts by discussing the first case where the person with the pots put his things in someone's yard without permission and the animal of the yard owner got hurt, the owner of the pots is obligated to pay. It sounds like the reason he's liable for payment is because he didn't have permission to put his pots there. So we're understanding if he had permission to put his stuff there, the owner of the pots would not be obligated to pay if anything happened to the yard owner's animals. We don't say that when the yard owner let him put his put the his pots there, we don't say that the owner of the pots accepted upon himself to make sure nothing happened to the yard owner's animals. So Mani, who was this like? So we have to say it's Rabihi. It, it's like Rabbi, the Amar Kolbistama Lo Kabila Ale Nitiruta. Rabbi held if someone didn't explicitly say, specifically say, I'm going to watch over something, then he never accepted any responsibility over this. Meaning the idea that the owner of the pots is not liable for anything or any damage that happens to the owner, to the yard owner's animals is because he never accepted upon himself any, uh, pr- any responsibility. Now, the problem with saying that is, look at the next part, if the pot owner had permission to put his things there, then Bal Hayev, then the owner of the yard is liable. And that's le Rabbanad. That's like de kabule Mikabule Kabila itiruta. They held that when someone said here, you could put your stuff here, even if he wasn't specific about it, he wasn't explicit about taking responsibility, he accepted responsibility. Vitu, and here's another problem. At the, the last clause of our Mishnah says be khulani, no, alaf that Rabbi holds that you're not obligated to pay unless you explicitly accept it upon yourself to, to be responsible. So now the cholah would be Resha visefa, um, case number one would be uh, Rabbi, then the last clause would be Rabbi. It sounds like that middle clause. Is Rabbanan, that doesn't make sense. Uh, rabbi, Rabbanan, Rabbi, that doesn't make sense. Usually, Mishnah is one rabbi, or it's two rabbis arguing on another. It's not uh, going back and forth like that. So, Amar Rabbi Zera, Tavra, you have to split up the Mishnah. Mishishanazo, Loshanazo, whoever uh, taught the first part of the Mishnah, didn't teach the second part of the Mishnah. Meaning, according to him, there's a machloket. Uh, between the Amoraim, how to understand Rabbanan. The first uh, Tana, he held that Rabbanan hold like Rabbi, and you have to be explicit about accepting responsibility for something you're watching. And the second part, he held that Rabbanan argue on Rabbi, and they say you don't have to be explicit when accepting responsibility about something you're supposed to watch. Now, that was Rabbi Zira's explanation. Now, the whole Mishnah is Rabbanan, even the second case, and when we say Ubershut, when the pot owner had permission to put his things there, When the pot owner had permission to put his things there, the owner of the yard accepted upon himself to watch over those pots, even if they break by falling in the wind. That's a totally different story. Rabbanan hold... Once you gave someone permission, that's it. You totally took responsibility for everything. And the rules are different in regards to the person bringing the things in. If the pot owner received permission to bring his things in, that's all he received was the permission to put his things there. He doesn't have to accept upon himself to watch anything. Next, the Mishnah said If someone brought his fruits into someone else's yard and the yard owner's animals uh, slipped or got hurt, then the owner of the fruits is obligated to pay. And the Rav said, It's only if the yard owner's animals uh, slipped over there, but if it ate too much of these fruits, and that's how he got hurt. Then the owner of the fruits is exempt from paying. My time. What's the reason? Because Hava an animal should have watched over its own self and should have been careful not to eat too much. The animal brought the suffering or the the damage onto itself, and it's not the owner of the fruits' fault. So now Amar of Sheshat of Shasad, Amina Kinayim Rav Amar Rav Sheshat says. I'm thinking Rab said this when he was half asleep. Meaning he, he he couldn't have been up. He couldn't have been in his right mind. Because we learned in the bright time, someone put poison in front of his, uh, his his friend's animal and the animal ate from it and died. He is exempt from paying. Meaning if you took him to court, court can't really do anything. But in Dine Shamaim, you're Chayav and you better pay. Otherwise you have to deal with Shamaim. Now, Sama It sounds like poison is something that animals should be careful and not eat. And that's why okay. but if it's regular fruits that animals usually eat. Adam he should be Hayav in regular human court also. Why should he be Hayav according to Rav if it ate too much? The animal should have been careful not to eat too much meaning the way we understood that is poison okay you're but we're understanding if it was regular fruits then the owner of the fruits is liable now that's a problem with Rav because Rav said the animal should have watched over itself it should have been careful it should have controlled itself so Amre the Gemara answers no you didn't understand correctly the the, the the correct the from the Abraita is huadin afilu perot nami patur midine adam even if it's regular fruits according to rav you should uh, be patur even midine adam so what's the chidush of the mishnah adam afilu sama ma'adami even poison de lo havida de that is not edible by animals is still hayav midine shamim you still hayav midine shamim you have to deal with shamim Meaning, l'chorah, you're patur bedina adam. But the is that even though it's not edible, it's not food, you still hayav bedina, shamayim. So that's the chidush. Now, answer number two. When we talk about poison, we're talking about uh, some poisonous vegetable that uh, animals eat. Let's say some like poison ivy or something like that. Something that looks like grass, animals will eat it, and then the animal will die from it. So it's technically fruits and technically should have watched over itself, and in that type of case, Rav would have said, patur, and that's only between Adam, but also between Shemaim. So now, the Gemma still has a problem with Rav. We have a break that says, If a woman went into the neighbor's backyard, he has a wheat grinder, and she wants to go grind wheat over there, and the yard owner's animal ate the wheat that she was grinding, patur. The owner of the animal is exempt from paying. And if any damage was caused to the animal, the woman is uh, obligated to pay. Now, Rav, according to you, Nema, we should say, that The animal should have been careful not to eat, and therefore she should not uh, be obligated to pay. So, Amre, again, the answer answers for Rav. Wait a second, is this Braitha any different from our Mishnah? The Rav explained our Mishnah that uh, the animal slipped, not that the animal ate. He could also explain this Braitha that the animal slipped. So, when we, when instead of saying Vachaltan Behim Tosha he could say that the animal, uh, let's say, slipped on the, the sweet and that's how it got hurt. And that's how he would understand the Braitha. Like, uh, now, goes back to the person asking the question. So the rabbi who asked the question, uh, who brought up the braita against uh, Rav, what were you thinking? So Amalach, the rabbi asking the question, will tell you. Our Mishnah said, who's if got damaged because of them? Bahin is because of them. Okay, it sounds like Hu bahin hu. It sounds like it slipped, like, like Rav said. It slipped because of them, and that's how the damage happened. It just said if it got damaged. It doesn't say because of them. It sounds like de Katane. Sounds like it just ate it, not that it slipped. And the one responding that, uh, that we're talking about slipping, here he tell you, The Shana doesn't make a difference. The word doesn't make a difference. If Rav would say that the Mishnah is talking about slipping, he would explain that the Baraytah is also talking about slipping. So Tashima, he's another question on Rav. The Baraytah says, If someone brought his ox into someone's yard without permission, and he ate the wheat that was there, and the animal uh, defecated all over the place and died, patur. The owner of the yard is exempt from paying, and if the cow owner had permission to bring his cow there, then Then the owner of the yard is obligated. Now, why should the owner of the yard be hayav? The animal should have been careful of not to eat. Rav, what are you going to respond to that? So, Amar Ravah, rabat answers back wait a second you're telling me you're bringing two cases that don't even make sense you're you're bringing up a case of permission versus no permission when the owner of the yard gave permission to the counter to bring his things in at that point the yard owner accepted upon himself to watch over this cow. Even if the cow brings damage to itself, it chokes itself, still the yard owner now the responsibility. This is like Rabbanan. And if he, ne- he never gave him permission, there's totally different halachot. Yes, the, the cow owner is responsible for any damage that happened to the yard owner, but not because he accepted upon himself any uh, any responsibility, it's because you, you did the wrong thing. It's totally different halachot. And that's why that Baita is not a problem, enough, and the Gemara leaves off without an answer next Bayalehu here's another question in the case where the yard owner accepted upon himself responsibility, whether it's a banan where he wasn't specific or it was specific, whatever the case may be, when he accepted upon himself when he gave the the, the cow owner permission to put his things in the yard then of shehu de de. Did he accept upon himself that the yard owner's things will not damage the cow that the cow owner is bringing in, or did he even accept upon himself damages that happen from the outside won't happen to this cow? Did he accept upon himself total protection of that uh, of that animal, meaning even from outside forces, or only that his things won't damage? So Tashem Aligma tries to bring a Breta uh, to answer. De tané so Rabi Yehuda bar Simon ben Zakim de Bekarna. So Rabi Yehuda bar Simon, he brought up a brayta. He told a brayta, and when the, the Yeshivav Karna was learning Nezikin, he chnis perotav lachatzar ba'alabay shelobershut. If someone brought his fruits into a yard owner's yard without permission, and a cow came from somewhere else, and it ate patur, and if he had permission, hayav. Now, man patur, o um, man hayav, who's patur, who's hayav, allah patur ba'al chatser, v'hayav are we saying that the owner of the yard is the one who's obligated? Meaning, if he gave permission, that means he accepted upon himself responsibility. And if he never gave permission, he never accepted upon himself responsibility. And the Gemara responds, amred lo? No, maybe that's not what the Baita means. Maybe patur ba'al ashor. Maybe the owner of the cow is the one that is obligated or not. So the like asks, so if we're talking about the owner of the cow, then what permission or not permission are we talking about? So again, the answer in the yeshiva, They explain in the Shiva that when the yard owner gave the fruit owner permission to put his things in the yard, it's as if he gave him a section of the yard. That section of the yard where the fruits are becomes the fruit owner's and now when this cow comes from left field and eats these fruits it's as if he damaged the the fruit owner in the fruit owner's property and it becomes shen Shen means the animal eating it uh, caused damage through eating someone's fruits in the prop in the owner of the the one who has been damaged and we know the rule the shen b'shutana hayevit. And if an animal damaged through eating in the in the in the the one who's been damaged property, then the animal is obligated to pay, or the owner of the animal is obligated to pay. And shelo <laughs> if he didn't have permission to put things there, haviyala shen beshut arabim. At that point, the the fruits being there is like it's in a it's like an animal eating fruits in a arabim. beshut petura. And if an animal eats fruits and that it found in a arabim, it is exempt from paying. And we still don't have an answer to the question, but we'll continue tomorrow. Baruch Hashem, Olam amen ve-amen.